Thompson looking to throw, hoist it downfield. It's pulled in at the 30-yard line. Breaking free is Volkolak. Volkolak to the end zone. Touchdown, Nebraska. 56 yards. That play there to Travis Volkolak gave Nebraska their lead. They would relinquish it not too long after that. And Illinois gets the victory 26-9. Nebraska falls to 3-5 and five as October comes to an end and a gauntlet awaits them. And, and I would say this, Ravi, uh, any hopes of making a bowl game, I thought were about today, getting a victory today. Oh, I disagreed. You, you... I thought this was the second least winnable game today. No, I'm saying if they didn't win this, no more bowl possibility. I, oh, see, I guess you still disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I, okay, I don't think they're going to a I bowl. I thought the most – I don't think they are either, but I thought the most winnable games left were Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa, which is hilarious to say now mm-hmm. after what we thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But I thought pretty clearly that Michigan and Illinois were the hardest games left. I guess I thought of it more from the uh, psychological standpoint of they got to get a victory today. If they don't get a victory today – then yeah, not I mean, gonna, maybe, you know, and, and of course that was before Casey Thompson. And, and I think that we're all in agreement now. Yeah. If they don't get Casey back, then a bowl is, I don't think another wins yeah. in the cards. Mark writes in Purdy was complete garbage yet. They refused to go with Smothers. If Casey is out, they'll be lucky to win again this season. That's just a scratch on the surface of all the problems this team has. It certainly has a lot of problems. Let's go to the phones. 402-951-1620. Have that phone number handy for yourself. It is full right now, but a line will open up. Uh, every few minutes as we take some calls. Bob's up first. Bob, what's up? What's, what's up, guys? Hey. It's it, 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 to this point, if you watch Mothers and you lost, watch Purdy, they were both garbage. We have nobody, period. It's time to gut this thing like a fish and start totally from scratch. That means get rid of, get rid of who you got right now as your head coach. No Nebraska ties whatsoever. Let's go out and get some real coaches. Some people that really want to motivate people, who want to get people to play and get this thing turned around. Enough of this lab experiments. They're not working. They're not working. Sorry, boys. All right. That's all right, Bob. Bob, no need to apologize. Thanks for calling. I mean, here's the thing. They're not gonna they're not gonna fire Mickey now. So No. They're not gonna fire Mickey now. I do think this I know some people think the wins and losses don't have anything to do with his candidacy. I don't know how you can watch how they played today and it's think it doesn't one. matter. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because it's not like they played particularly well and just Illinois was better. Yeah. They played terrible football. It, it, 402-951-1620. It was, a frustra- it was a frustrating loss because it was just one of those soul-sucking victories by Illinois where the scoreboard, again, as we talked about in the first segment, the scoreboard reads, you know, hey, 26 to, to 9. It, it Which is work. not a good score, no, but, but it's not I've seen worse. Horrifying. I've seen worse, and yet yeah. this is going to be one of those. Look, it's not going to be a horrendous Minnesota in 2020 or Illinois even in 2020. It's not going to be any of those types of games. I don't think we're going to remember it, you know, as like an all-time defeat. But it's. I, I do wonder if in hindsight in a month are we going to look back on today and and say like yeah that was when the tide turned or that was when a, a job candidate you know was maybe removed from the picture um, you know we we spent a lot of time lately talking about Mickey Joseph and if he is or isn't going to be the guy and, and I think there was some momentum for him to be the guy there was a lot honestly of, yeah there was a lot of momentum not to mention too and Scott we're gonna get to your call in just a moment um, you know we John and I on a sports iconic yesterday we had Ross Dellinger who has a story coming out on Mickey on SI.com on Monday. And that was originally supposed to drop yesterday. Yeah. And so now that it was it's being held, no reason why. That we know of. Yeah. And so that that's going to uh it's gonna land a little differently than if Nebraska had either played well or outright won the football game. Yeah, absolutely. And I like I said, I, I don't know that it's 
strictly about wins and losses, but you have to look how they're playing. And obviously, they really didn't play well under against Purdue. They really didn't play well today Dude, against they Illinois. They haven't played well against anybody. Yeah, I mean, they had they, they showed... won against Rutgers and they won against Indiana. Did they play well in those games? No, Did I mean, they, play, especially they Rutgers. Okay, against Indiana. I'll, I'll hear that. Second um, half, they played well. Yeah, but that's you. You're basically talking about one half of football in four or five games now. Rutgers was horrible. Yeah, Rutgers, Rutgers was a really bad performance. Uh, there were moments in Purdue, but overall, I wouldn't call that a good performance. Today was a terrible performance. Obviously, yeah. Oklahoma, who isn't that good. No, they're not. It was a bad performance. Yeah. You know, they start stacking up bad performances. And again, I understand there's only so much you can fix in season, but I don't like the way they're playing football right now. Yeah, and Jeff says, and after a bye week, yowzer. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 402-951-1620. Scott is up next on Bigger at Overreaction on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Cake. Scott, good evening. Gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. Wow, so many things to parse through on this game, mm-hmm. and uh, so little time. But I had not uh, watched Mickey coach a team recently that made so many—I call them small brain football plays—where just a pure lack of understanding of what's going on, or just losing sight of the moment. Um, Obviously, the the tackle out of bounds. And yeah. Every quarterback since the beginning of time knows, and you just get caught up in the moment, but you don't check the ball across your body going back to the middle of the field. It gets picked like 70% of the time. Um, haven't seen a Mickey team do that. I thought they were kind of getting rid of some of that stuff, and I really thought that was what ailed Nebraska. I was a little stunned to hear, uh, I believe, uh, the announcer said a couple of times that the recruiting class for Frost ranked at the top of the Big Ten well. Mm-hmm. Now, those are just vertical leap, 40 drill, height, weight. But well, and high school there's performance. something else going on there. It just, it's just mind-boggling how inept a lot of guys on the football team seem. And it's, it's not, I'm not singling out any one player, but collectively – they just don't have it. I'm just utterly appalled. All right, thanks for the call, Scott, at 402-951-1620. couple tweets, uh, Ravi. This one from Steve. The quote about drop-off between quarterback starters and backups being bigger on college football. Look at Kansas State. Look at Notre Dame. Look at any solid program. Their backup QB could come in and still be serviceable. There had been zero development in this putrid program. And Dan, along the exact same lines, the problem with Mickey's comment about talent difference between first and second string on every team is the outcome of the Kansas State game. Yeah, it, it's it is tough to hear that, especially given I mean what happened with Kansas State today. And if you missed it, Kansas State welcomed in Oklahoma State and won forty eight to nothing. Yeah, Oklahoma State, who is generally very good at scoring the football, who we were wondering what if if they were a playoff contender, uh, yeah. if they won out, if if they took care of business, would they be in the playoff? They lost by forty eight points. Did not take care of business. No. I want to address Scott real quick though. Yeah, because. I've brought this up before, and I talked a lot about this yesterday on on Connor's show. The Nebraska has consistently recruited at the top of the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. That's not up for debate. That's just a fact. Yeah, it is. Nebraska has consistently out recruited pretty much everyone in the Big Ten West. They haven't recruited to the level of the big boys in the East, but in the Big Ten West, they've consistently had the most talent on paper. Okay. So people ask, why the disparity between on paper and what we see on the field? Well, coaching is one of them, obviously, right? Easy answer there. We got we fired our head coach because he was a bad coach. 
Okay, here's another issue, though. The strength and conditioning and the development there has been horrifyingly bad. Yeah. Like, really, really bad. It's been horrible. It's been very, very bad. You look at guys that, you know, uh, that you've wanted to develop on the on the on each side of the line, and you're not getting anything there. Um, they've been trying to put uh, weight on Kapai for, like, three years now. They can't get any weight on him. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is he a genetic anomaly, or are you just bad at your job? Like, I don't know. But it seems like looking around the roster, they might just be bad at their job. Because no one looks better when they after they've been here for three years. These linemen that have that are third year sophomores and fourth year juniors don't look any bigger, stronger, or faster than when they got here. They look bigger and slower is what they Yeah, look. they look incredibly slow. But you should get strength and conditioning is about getting more athletic too. Yeah. Exactly. If you're good at your job as a strength and conditioning coach, you get more athletic along with stronger and bigger and faster. None of those guys are getting more athletic, and so they just get abused on the lines because everybody else does get bigger and more athletic. The and part of the the other part of this is Nebraska recru- has not been able to recruit to an identity for years because they don't have one. So you can get all the four stars you want if you don't put them in the spots they need to be to succeed. They're not going to be any good. They're going to look terrible. If you need to run your like when Frost was here, for example, if you need quick athletic linemen to run your run schemes, your complex, really interesting, really creative run schemes, if you need that kind of lineman, you need six foot three, 290 pound guys that can really move, and all you are recruiting are six foot eight, 340 pound behemoths, that's probably not going to work out for anyone. I had somebody reach out to me earlier this season and basically say like they're, they're trying to compete against gravity with what they're doing and asking of their linemen. They're trying to compete against physics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at look at the linemen for Illinois. Science boys. Look at the linemen for Illinois. Mm-hmm. They are perfect for what he wants to do. Yep, they move. They, they may not be perfect for like a left tackle in the NFL, but they are perfect for what Bielema wants to do on that side of the they ball. move well. Nebraska has just been... Recruit their their fits in their recruiting are so bad because mm-hmm. they don't have an identity. They have no idea what they've been recruiting to, and I don't know if that's they just don't trust their evaluations. I don't know if it's because they don't have an identity. I don't know if it's because the strength and conditioning staff can't mold the guys they get to the identity of people they need. But some combination of those things has taken consistently the best recruiting classes in the Big Ten West and made them look like consistently the least talented team on the field in the in the conference. Couldn't agree more. Uh, by the way, Tennessee, a 55-yard touchdown against Kentucky. Uh, they're already up 7 nothing, barely over three minutes into the game. I believe they also just got a 3 Yeah, they're out. about to get the ball back. Uh, Kentucky, this is David Ubbin, Kentucky's secondary had only given up three passes longer than 40 yards in seven games this season. And yeah, uh, Tennessee has done so within the first couple of minutes. I, I wanted to read this tweet real fast from Eric, uh, our good friend Stumanji. And, and it, in a way, it's like too big a picture for us to hit on tonight, but I think it's a good question. He says, does the way this season has played out shake your confidence in Trev at all? What we've seen can't be a surprise to anyone who could see behind the curtain of this program. He had to know things would go this badly, and yet he chose this path. Uh, I, I don't know if Sumanji means like firing Frost when he I did. Think, I think he means not it's, firing Frost before yeah, this year. I think it's a very good question. Like I said, maybe a bit too big picture for this exact moment in time. Can I just be um, honest? I think he didn't fire Frost because he knew it would go this badly. Yeah. like, And, and you don't want to put your next coach behind the eight ball so No, bad. because he understood that the – Fan base was still so divided on Frost. Yeah. 
that he knew his decision was going to be way easier, way easier, and way more universally the liked. Bottom fell out a little bit when the bottom fell out the next year. Which he, I, if he thought it was inevitable, then that makes sense. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Phil is up next in Georgia on the Lus Hills Harley Davidson Hotline. Phil, what's going on? It's Bill. And, oh, hey, Bill. Uh, I totally agree with the last comments about the recruiting uh, fitting to a body as opposed to skill. Give you a little inside baseball. I knew McBride's son uh, back in the day, and uh, he told me he just told his players go out, just go crazy. They'll make adjustments at the half. Uh, that's one point. Two Whipple's garbage. Uh, it shows you how if you stay in the game long enough, you're going to get opportunities. But he's garbage. Backup quarterback, garbage. Uh, the only way you're going to succeed in this state, it, it took us thirty years to think of state. Figure this out, but you need a fullback. You, you need to uh, play in a phone booth. It's, we're never going to have these six eight all American tackles that, that can do everything equally. And college football is different than pro. Let's get guys who can move people off the ball. That's all I gotta say. All Thanks. right, first uh, mention of the fullback. Sure, it won't be the last. 36 minutes into the uh, show today. I am not a fan of Mark Whipple's offense either, by the way. I'm not either. I, I I don't think it has any idea what it really wants to be or wants to do. And it's just kind of like, hey, let's take a bunch of shots and see what happens. That's not a sustainable way to win games or to score points. Dude, that's what we said after last week. After the, the Purdue game, as fun as it was, or two weeks ago, after the Purdue game, as fun as that was, watching Trey Palmer make those plays... It was not a sustainable Totally offense. unsustainable. And and let me look at the box score. It Was was it two catches for a One tr- catch, one yard. Wow, I thought that he got one a One catch, one, one yard. That is. That's the day for Trey Palmer. And part of it's because I'm, Man, I'm sure sucks. part of it is because that Casey Thompson doesn't play the second half. I would imagine that he gets another shot at that point. But it's, it's not a sustainable. Big play. Like, listen, big plays are bonuses to your offense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You sprinkle those in. Those are the bonus plays in the offense. You have to be able to drive the ball. That's just that's football 101 forever, for all of time. No matter how you decide to do it, listen, you can be the run, you can be a run the damn ball guy, you can be a ball control, like West Coast passing offense, whatever it is, and then you take shots sometimes, but you have to be able to drive. Yeah. If you can't sustain drives, you're not going to be a good offense on any sort of consistent, reliable basis. Yeah. Let's take one more call before we go to break. Derek is up next on Bigger and Overreaction. Derek, what's going on? Hello. Hello. Um, well, that was really, you know, I, I got to say this. It was really tough to watch that because this was the first game I think I've watched in 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Where honestly, I didn't care about what oh, okay. happened. And uh, I'm sorry. I got to go. Okay. All right. Figure out reaction brought to you by Equitable Bank. This show is going off the rails, not in the way I expected. <laughs> People just seem sad. They do. They it, do. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm bummed out, but like, people seem really sad. I, I, I've got to go. I All think right. it's because they wanted. Click. I think they wanted Mickey to be the. Said guy. I was supposed to be the coronation. Yeah. And I was supposed to be the coronation. Crown and their ass. Meanwhile, I'm losing my voice, and everyone's sad. Uh, brought to you by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. Also, bigger overreaction tonight. Brought to you by Burton. When your plumbing's hurting. Just call Burton. He's Ravi. I am Josh. Chance. 
is our producer this evening, and we're on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. When we return, more calls, more comments, tweets, emails, all that good stuff. You can also text us, too, at 402-951-1620. Back after this on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg.